This is Hoosier Ag Today in the morning podcast on the 6th of March, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, and the Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up, reporting on news, it's Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller with reports on the continued challenges for railway deliveries and a Lifetime Achievement Award for a 97-year-old Indiana farmer. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin details variable weather patterns ahead for Indiana and gains in corn and beans on Friday in the ag markets. Brian Basting has analysis on the Monday Morning Who's Your Ag Today podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Biggest challenges impacting railway deliveries for the ag industry and celebrating the achievements of a 97-year-old farmer from Shelby County. I'm C.J. Miller and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, many supply chain issues continue to impact the ag industry because of the rail industry. Eric Pfeiffer reports now how recent winter weather and labor shortages continue to impact railway deliveries of grain cars. One of the main metrics for railway service quality is unfilled grain car orders, the number of cars a shipper ordered but didn't receive. Danny Munch is an economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation. He says the data shows shippers are waiting a long time to get the grain cars they need. So far in 2023, average weekly unfilled grain car orders, one or more days overdue, have numbered over 16,000 a week. That's up 54% from last quarter and 54% the same magnitude from quarter one of last year. Of those record unfilled orders, one or more days overdue, almost 75% remain 11 or more days overdue. Munch says Currently, winter weather is the biggest challenge. Most of the issues we're seeing in unfilled orders are concentrated in the upper Midwest in states like North Dakota and Minnesota. The region has faced intense snowstorms in the first part of the year, which makes moving those cars more difficult. Those weather events are usually more short-term, and we hope those subside as spring comes along. And labor remains a major hurdle for railways. Most railroads are still below pre-pandemic employment levels by about 3 to 5%, which makes it difficult for them to increase capacity. Luckily, though, those numbers are still getting better, still better than the 10% below that they were about a year ago. And in order to improve service quality, they really need to be fully staffed and growing. In Munch's report that can be found on the Market Intel page at fb.org, he says despite the recent issues, confidence in railway efficiency appears to be increasing. Though labor numbers still lag behind, gains continue to be made, building a stronger foundation for future demand capacity. His report also suggests that overall supply chain pressures are easing sending a positive signal to farmers revving up for a new marketing year. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Well, a lot of things have changed for Indiana farmers over the past 100 years. One farmer who has witnessed those changes is 97-year-old George Braden of Shelby County. He was recently honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award during the Shelby County Ag Promotion Banquet in Shelbyville. I think the good Lord has taken care of me. And that was George after receiving that honor. 
He says he started working as a young boy on his family farm near Waldron during the Great Depression. When I started farming, I helped my father and uncle. We planted with horses. Then a little later, started with the tractor. When about 15 or 16 years old, I was driving the tractor a planting. I don't know how we got along at all, how we done it. But we did do it. George says farming has come a long way since he first started. I had a four-row planter, then I had a six-row planter, and that's as big as I got then. Of course, I never did farm very big. What I farmed was maybe two or three hundred acres. But now they've got 35 or 36 rows, I think. So uh, it, it really has changed. He also says he never could have imagined getting paid the prices that farmers are getting paid today for corn, soybeans, and wheat. It was under a dollar on corn, and if we got four or five dollars for beans, we was fortunate, I think. Even though George says he's honored to have received the Lifetime Achievement Award, he says he wouldn't have been able to farm for all those years without the help of his late wife, Ruth, who passed away nearly six years ago. Well, she did about everything. We milked, and she drove the tractor. I wish she'd been here to help celebrate. I'm sure she's celebrating up there. She died in 17. We were, we'd been married 73 years. And like I say, she did everything. We did everything together. George will celebrate his 98th birthday in October. You can hear more of my interview and see photos of George Braden receiving his Lifetime Achievement Award at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's most listened-to farm radio network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. And it's always like clean oil because most of my stuff leaks. (laughs) To agriculture. We go from the cute and cuddly phase to the not so cute and cuddly phase. You can cuddle with them at 290 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably against your will, I'm guessing. And, well, other things. He calls them all variable costs. That's bull. (laughs) <laughs> I think you meant to say that's yeah. fertilizer, right? Staying on topic. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Who's Your Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Interesting pattern coming up here as we're going to be bouncing around on either side of normal for this time of year. And we have systems coming through every three to four days. We're kicking off the week with clouds and a little bit of moisture around at least over northern parts of Indiana. A disturbance really focusing more of its energy on Michigan coming through the Great Lakes here to start the week. But clouds and a few hit and miss scattered showers can be seen all the way down to I-70. At least that's what I'm going to allow in the forecast. Coverage probably doesn't go any better than about 60%. Southern half of the Hoosier State today I don't think sees any moisture. Just on again, off again clouds. This does bring in colder temperatures then as we move into tomorrow and Wednesday. 
Clear skies, though, will be here. Full sunshine for your Tuesday with the cooler temperatures. Wednesday, partly to mostly sunny as well. Thursday, we get onto the backside of high pressure, so that allows temperatures to moderate, and that's going to be ahead of our next weather system that really develops overnight, a Thursday night through Friday, first half of the day Friday. At this point, I'm going to say anywhere from a tenth to five-tenths of an inch coverage, 75-80% of Indiana. We keep clouds around through Friday night, and then Saturday and Sunday turn out chilly but dry with partly to mostly sunny skies. We keep that dry pattern for Monday and Tuesday of next week as well. Next system coming through next Wednesday, actually overnight Tuesday night through Wednesday, bringing a few hundreds to maybe three or four tenths with coverage around 60% of the Hoosier State. Behind that, we cool down again for several days and we'll be ready for another system likely as we finish out next week going into the following weekend. So at this point, that's looking to be the 18th, 19th time frame. We'll see whether that holds at this point, but again, that would fall within that three to four days in between systems kind of timing that we're seeing right now. The good news is each of the next several waves that come through do not have over-the-top moisture like we've seen out of our last two to three systems here in the Hoosier State, so that will help us maybe catch up with draining these soils just a little bit. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Strength in corn and soybeans again Friday to end the week. This is Hoosier Ag Today. It's the Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and the review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, the only independent seed company at Commodity Classic this week. Call them for upfront corn, soybean, wheat, alfalfa, and herbicide pricing. The numbers from Friday trade coming up first in the middle of the day. I checked in for analysis with Brian Basting, economist at Advanced Trading. Brian, as we end the week on a very positive note again for the soybean futures market, it seems as though we've had a turn of fortunes in that market. Some real strong days here to end the week. Yeah, I think there's a growing uh, consensus uh, that the Argentina crop is even substantially lower than than. Um, than what uh, USDA said uh, as recently as, uh, as February uh, was down to 41 million. There are some estimates creeping closer to 30 now uh, with this continued hot, dry weather that we're seeing in Argentina. Um, you know, this is a crop that's still in a, in a formation of, of yield. We don't want to write off this crop yet. However, the near-term forecast continues to be mostly warm, and mostly dry for the key growing areas. So the market's building that in here quite a bit, back above $15 now in, in May futures and, and looking at some uh, meal futures approaching $500 again. So that's the driving force. The other side of that coin, though, I'd remind your listeners, Andy, is that really starting to turn out those Brazilian bean exports here as we get into March. A seasonal uptick is going to be seen in the next 60 days here, all the way through the 1st of May, perhaps stretching into the 1st of June this year with, with the record crop they're harvesting. So uh, we've got some other countering factors, but in terms of the strength that we saw uh, here at the, the, the end of the, the week, no doubt Argentina is leading the way here. Is there something else going on? Because as we look at Friday markets, the dollar is down, the equities are strong, and most commodities are working higher. A fear index on Wall Street seemed to slip a little bit, a positive note, and then money flowed. Is that also impacting the ag markets? Perhaps a bit. Uh, I think anytime you get into the first of the month here, too, you might see some, some repositioning, for lack of a better word, of some, some money, whether it be in, in the equities or the commodities, and, and perhaps there's a bit of, of money flowing into each of those as we start a new month here with March. But um, 
you know, I think it's it's going to be volatile. There's no other way to say it. It seems like the equity market is hanging on every single um, release of data, uh, inflation data, jobs data, so on and so forth, that, that it's going to be volatile. And I think we have to pin the same type of, of scenario on, on corn and beans. Pardon me on corn and beans too, because um, we are looking at some contrasting fundamentals uh, with the USDA forecasting a nice rebound in, in corn acreage and a significant rebound in corn stocks here in 23-24. Obviously, a long way to go yet, but we just have to keep that in the back of our mind as we get start the growing season here in a few weeks. But um, I'd remind your listeners that uh, that now this first two weeks in March. USDA is conducting its first survey of planted acreage for 23-24. So that'll be something to keep in mind. But back to your original question, just to, maybe the start of the month here, repositioning of some money. Um, it's, it's it's a very choppy market. Let's leave it at that. There were some rumors this week that China might be uh, buying some corn. Did anything materialize on that? One, one small sale um, was reported here on Thursday from the export sales report. Uh, 76,000. Now that was for the period ending February 23rd because there's a week lag. I have not seen any flash sales this week. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Perhaps next week, maybe some cumulative sales will be reported. But um, that would be uh, perhaps just a fill-in sale. And the reason I say that is because China has signed their new agreement, of course, with Brazil, and they have really ramped it down U.S. export sales. Um, I looked at the export sales report yesterday. We've got under 20 million bushels of corn on the books to China. Two years ago, we had over 450 million on the books. I'll say that again, 20 million bushels on the books, 450 million two years ago, even over 200 last year. So uh, China has definitely gone away from the U.S. market. Obviously, if they were to come in here and make some, some spots purchases, it would, would give the market some support. But I wouldn't pin my hopes on, on major sales at, at this point. But um, uh, you never know. With China, it's hard to predict, but I just, just remind your listeners that they do have that new agreement that they're ready to execute with, with Brazil, assuming Brazil has a, has a predicted corn harvest and no weather problems over the next few months. Economist Brian Basting from Advanced Trading, and Brian's number is 309-664-2314. Friday settlements and ice close in the corn market, May 639 and three quarters, up six cents. Four cents higher, July contract 628. Beans led all the way on Friday as they did Thursday and Wednesday. May beans ending nine and a half cents up at 15, 18 and three quarters. July 1506, a gain of eight cents, a loss of four cents on the May wheat at 708 and three quarters. The meat's up all day. April live cattle, 165.42, $1.32 higher. April lean hogs, 84.55, up 70 cents. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.